Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now back to the podcast. If you don't take the time to understand who you're gonna make your video for, you're gonna make a good video probably, but it's not gonna serve the needs of that audience. It's gonna really narrow your video's focus and broaden your audience a bit because you're gonna give them one simple solution. And at the end of the day, having maybe a slightly smaller amount of really engaged followers can be far better than having hundreds of thousands of extremely passive followers. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Video Workflow, part of the Visual Lounge podcast, live stream episodes. We're so glad that you're here with us. We've got a great topic today. We're gonna to be talking about one of the quintessential things that you need to understand, which is how do you understand who your audience is? Because whatever you're gonna make is gonna get determined by that audience because you wanna make stuff that's gonna fit to them. And so, so grateful for Kara and Andy being here today. Let's dive into this topic because I know you guys have a lot of experience with this, but why, first of all, for, for maybe from your perspectives, why is understanding audience critical for anything you're doing from a content perspective, but in particular from a video perspective? Well, I'm going to jump right in on that one. If you're making a video and you don't have your audience in mind, then you're just making a home video. You're just making something for fun for yourself. And well, that's fine. Like, who is your audience determines whether or not anyone ever watches this video. So I think it's going to be a major problem for you to just and, and gosh, I should also like stop there and put an asterisk and be like, I've done this so many times where I've made a video without a distribution or an audience in mind. And it just, I'm so excited about it. And then it just goes out there and dies because no one watches it. No one cares. Yeah. Kara, any additional thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So going off of what Andy said, like about the distribution, then if the rest of your team is trying to take that content and put it on other platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or even on your blog post, if you don't know who your audience is and how you're going to be able to reach them, then like Andy said, it's just going to die because it's just going to fade into space. Yeah, I, I love I love that connection to other people that might be working with your content. I think that's super important. So we've got seven questions to go through and we kind of, I guess we've started already on this a little bit, but the first question that we identified was, who are they? And I'm, I'm kind of curious what you guys do to figure out like who your audience is. What are the steps that you're taking to figure out whether it's for a video or, Carrie, you've got a lot of experience with content that's not video in, in addition, but so how are you figuring out like, who are you really targeting? For me, keyword research is always the big thing to go with using some great tools um, that can help you go through, all right, so what are people searching for and what are maybe the different levels that they might be at in terms of experience or even where they are in the sales funnel, like how close are they to maybe looking to trial a product or even purchase one? Yeah. Yeah, if I want to make a video and uh, I've got my topic for my video, I'm going to go to Google or actually for video, I'm going to go to YouTube and I'm going to type in that title that I plan on using and I'm going to see what's already out there. Who are these videos already talking to? Uh, which of those videos are doing really well, whether it's in views or in you know uh, reactions or engagement? 
Uh, and are there questions in the comments below that people are saying, hey, you didn't answer this. Hey, you didn't talk about that. Uh, and we can kind of find that there's a, a big missing piece of this content. So um, yeah, like, like Kara said, you know, keyword research is gonna be critical. Uh, and there's a bunch of different ways to do that. It sounds, anytime we say research, it's always like, oh no, I didn't do research in college. I don't like research. Research is, it's Googling. Google something and you've just done the research a little bit, at least that's your starting point. Um, and then from there, you can kind of build upon your knowledge of a potential audience. Well, uh, I want to, can I bring a different perspective to this? Because I think from, I think both of you are very uh, externally audience focused and a lot of what I, my, my work I am too, but I, we talk to a lot of people whose audience are internal to their company or it's not like a Google search, right? I, I think one of the key things that a lot of people forget is to ask. Like talk to your stakeholders, talk to your project manager or whoever's requesting this stuff and just asking the question like, hey, who, who do you think it is, is really this powerful thing? Or if you have audience, uh, ask them like, are you the right person for this? And, and sometimes I, I, I think it's so simple when, but we, we get caught up that we want to make it really complex. Um, that like I think about the things I've done in internal training and it just becomes like, well, you tell me, like, who do you think this is for? And that's not always the one to go with, right? Because people have weird perceptions of who maybe their audience is sometimes. But I think that's a, another thing we forget to do is to go out and talk to our talk to our current audience, talk to who we think might be our future audience, and and then kind of identify if this is the right thing that they need. I'm often surprised that I'm, no, I'm not surprised, but I'm usually like a little <laughs> askew from what they need. Yeah, that's funny you bring that up though, because actually, uh, we, I'll just give you. I use that as an interview question when we're, we're hiring candidates for, for jobs here even. Uh, it's someone gives you a project, but they give you no context for that project. What do you do? And really what I want to hear people say is ask questions. I, I turn around and ask the stakeholder, wait, what did you mean by this? Like, don't be afraid of asking questions. So I think that's a great point, Matt. I, I was very much externally focused, but you're right. If you're dealing with an internal customer, ask or go around, do some hallway testing, hallway conversations, you know, uh, figure out who that audience is even internally. So. Yeah, so let's let's move on to our next question uh, that we have listed here is the question of what problem are they trying to solve? And so this one's an interesting one. I'm curious what you guys think about, like what advice would we give about this question? It's a great question to ask, but how do we get to that, to that maybe understanding? I think my favorite part about this question is the word problem is singular, right? So we're talking about what problem are they trying to solve? And that's how we figure out what to make the video about. So we're talking about audience, um, but also as far as the features in the video, don't go from start to finish if it's a product video. Don't go start to finish if it's a learning video. Like we really need to break things down into smaller chunks to be more digestible. Um, so what problem are they trying to solve? will hopefully you know, gain you a better understanding of what audience this is focused at, right? So it's people who need to learn how to add a follower to a project management task. That's, that's what this audience needs to learn and that's the one thing I'm gonna show them in this video. Yeah. yeah, I think it can be difficult to sometimes remember that you need to focus in your content on the specific pain point that you're highlighting. I've clicked on so many videos where I'm just trying to learn a simple task, like here's how to, I don't know, upload a file to Dropbox, and it's a 30-minute Dropbox tutorial, and I can't seem to find one that just breaks down the singular task that I'm looking for. So it's just always important to remember search this specific term for a specific reason and there's no need to go into anything that they might not be interested in if they are interested in it then make another video for that 
Yeah. yeah I, I like to call this the recipe problem. And everyone knows this, right? You go looking for a recipe and what do you get? 10, 10 pages of story. And at the very end is actually the thing I need is like, how many yeah. cups of onions do I need to put? It's, it's cups, not not half cups, it's cups. I want lots of onions, but I want to know how much is in there, right? Like, but it's, because the problem is I don't know how to make this and I don't care about the, the, the grandma in Italy that taught you this. As much as that grandma in Italy is very sweet, I'm sure. I don't, I don't need the story. I just want to know, how do I make this recipe? And it's, it's I, yeah. so I love that example, 30 minutes of Dropbox and it's just like, I need 30 seconds of it. Yeah. We talk about user intent all the time. That's a perfect example of user intent. I'm not here to hear your story. I'm sure it's a great story. I'm sure it's lovely. At, at a party sometime, I'd love for you to you know, relay this story to me. But right now, please just give me the cups, apparently, of onions. <laughs> we can talk about onions some other time. But I'm I, not I, judging. I've got a pizza that is great. Uh, so actually, oh, well, <laughs> you know, it leads to this. the next question. I think, you, Andy, you brought up the user intent is what, what goals are there, they pursuing? So let's help us understand what, when we look at this, why is that important to understand their goals? Like, cause I have a goal. I want this video to do something. I want it to achieve something. I want them to know something. I want them to be entertained. I want them to, 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 you know, you know, be able to change behavior, whatever it might be. So what's the, the role of, of their goals in this whole process? Kara, any thoughts? Um, especially from a video perspective, um, I would tend to defer to Andy more on this one. But um, since I'm more of a blog writer, when I do my keyword research, there are often features and keyword research tools that will let you click on all right, so what other questions are people asking, other than the specific search term that I'm looking for. And if I click on that selection, then I can figure out, okay, what follow up questions do people have? Or what related questions are they asking in um, direct correlation with this keyword? And that helps me better shape like exactly how to frame the post and maybe what skill level they're at and what other like little tidbits I should maybe include in the blog that will help them get where they're needing to be other than just the main title that I'm putting out. Can you I know? say, I just, I, I love that. And you know, I know you're coming from a, a, the blog perspective, but I love that you're able to find that information because this is the stuff that as someone who's been creating video for a very long time, it's always difficult to know, right? Like it's like, I don't get to, I, I do interact with my audience some, but at the end of the day, I have very little interaction overall. Um, people are very kind, they leave comments or they'll leave suggestions or they'll email us and you can always email suggestions at the visual lounge at textmith.com. Gotta work that in there. Uh, <laughs> but but it's it's you know it's one of those challenges that you never really understand and, and it sounds like the cool thing that you're able to bring to this conversation is is access to these things like you understand how to go out and find find that and i'm assuming uh it's fairly successful at, at bringing and getting to the heart of what people are trying to do yeah. absolutely especially with search topics that are more of an seo play then we're really able to hone in on what other keywords and what other terms can help this blog get in front of who it needs to be in front of. Yeah. Yeah. As I, just to jump over to the, to the goals for video, I think the, excuse me, the goals for the user, what are they trying to uh, pursue? The tough thing there is like, like you were mentioning, Kara, when we talk about like Dropbox, you had, you had one thing that was your goal. You just wanted to learn that one thing. You ended up getting this huge video. Um, so the question is, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to get certified in a product course or are they just trying to learn this one feature? Or maybe we're not even talking about software. Maybe we're talking about, you know, how to make a YouTube video. Like, do they 
do they already know how to like film with their camera and they just want to edit? So, and again, it goes back to, like you said, keyword research. So I think it, it really depends on um, the problem they're trying to solve hint, uh, and then what goals they're trying to pursue and, and how to kind of aim the video to, to meet those needs. Yeah. And, and again, just for everybody who's listening or watching this, you know, these are questions to ask and there's going to be lots of ways to get answers. And there's, we're going to make the, obviously we're making some recommendations and there's no one perfect way to do this. But if you haven't thought about that question, you need to, right? For every, every piece of content that I feel like this is almost, I need my checklist now for whenever we're, we're doing, even when we do this show or we do the live right. or we do our, our YouTube videos, like have we answered the seven questions? And you know, just to recap where we're at, who they are, what problem are they trying to solve, what goals are they trying to pursue, and we still got a few more. But so I, I love this, and and I, I love that it works for other content too. It's not just yep. you know what, whatever you're making, you're doing screenshots, job aids, templates, whatever. It seems to make sense. Yeah. Well, and I mentioned uh, at the be well before we started recording, I mentioned to you guys that uh, we just did a video. Actually, it's how to make a tutorial video, um, and right at the top of the script template that you can download for free from that video is those three questions. The first three that we've already hit on, which is who's your audience, what problem are they trying to solve, and what goals are they trying to achieve. Um, and so, if if want you know if people want, I can throw the the link to that in the show notes as well, so that people can download that and kind of have a starting point. But that's only up to the first three. We've got a lot more. Yeah. Well, we don't, a lot is questionable. We have four more. I don't know. But. More. <laughs> so let's let's move on to question number four then. Question number four is, do they have previous experience with the topic? And it, I, I'm guessing a lot of the ways you go about finding out, we've talked about, but help us understand why is this one so important? Because uh, shouldn't, like, I'm assuming if I've answered the goal question, do I, do I care about their experience? Does that matter? Or am I, like, how's that going to affect what I'm doing? This feels like it goes to the, the beginner, intermediate, and you know, expert level experience, right? So anyone at any one of those levels could still have the same goal. So the goal could be, I want to get certified in using Camtasia. Um, but are they someone who's never touched Camtasia before and is also trying to learn how to edit videos in the first place? Or are they someone who's been using Camtasia for 20 years and just found out there was certification, but they already know all of this? So that's where you can have these different levels possible, right? Like there's beginners, let me show you everything and walk you through everything. Also, please don't make one video doing that. That's a, that's a series of videos. <laughs> or there's, you know, expert level, uh, let me walk you through everything, but we're going to take a real deep dive at kind of the background of how and why. And uh, so, so I think this is more um, previous experience deals more with the person's, you know, level on uh, how deep you need to go in the topic. So goals can be the same and experience level can be different. Yeah, and Andy, I remember we previously discussed the idea of for some of our walkthrough videos that we put on the TechSmith YouTube channel, kind of prefacing at the beginning, like, by the way, this one's a little bit more for beginners. So if you're super experienced, click away. But eventually we actually decided against it because just because you might have more experience with a product doesn't mean that you can't get value out of the video. And you certainly don't want to be directing your viewers to click away from any content. Yeah, I mean, yes. going back to the <laughs> recipe, for example, like, I consider myself a fairly experienced cook. And um, if a recipe tells me add three cloves of garlic, I'm like, okay, no, I actually want six because I love my garlic. But that doesn't <laughs> mean that I don't appreciate the suggestion or maybe the option right. of how they originally wanted it done. Uh, I cannot I cannot say yes enough times to that. And that's one of my, like I told you I make these mistakes. That was one of my big mistakes is I was like, oh, let's put these like banners for like intermediate or, you know, experienced or how quickly would people have clicked away if they're an experienced user? I don't want beginner tips. 
but they still might have gotten something out of it. Like, it doesn't mean they would have gotten nothing. How, how often do you watch a video thinking, oh, I'm going to learn a ton, and really you take one valuable nugget. But, like, it was valuable, and it was worth watching just for that one tip sometimes. So, yeah, I'd hate for people to be directed away just because of that. And on the There's flip that. side, technology is, like, intimidating. So as someone who's more of a beginner to video creation, if I saw a video labeled as intermediate or advanced, I might not mm -hmm. click on it because I'm not confident enough to do so, and I might miss some valuable information that would have been able to expedite my learning process. Absolutely. And, and I think there's uh, bringing in a psychological principle called the Dunning-Kruger effect, where people actually oftentimes overestimate their capability, right? Like they think, oh, I'm, I'm very capable at doing something. Whereas our intermediate, some for Andy, for you as a video producer who's created video for how many years? Uh, you yeah, know, your intermediate is probably very different than my intermediate. Your intermediate is probably my advanced. And I think we have to be careful that we're not putting things in and layering things in, in, in kind of that experience in a, in a way that might be inappropriate for someone because, uh, and we see this a lot with, with folks who use T Camtasia, right? Like I show them stuff in Camtasia or Snagit and I'm thinking, oh, this is pretty basic stuff. And I'm yeah. in the product all day, like all the time. And they're like, oh my gosh, right? I had no idea I could do that. That, I, that just, and they're blown away by it. And it's like, I'm like, really? You didn't know, like, you didn't know that? And I just take yeah. for granted that like, Oh, everyone should know that. So I think there's some some really good things here. But it does make me want to jump ahead to, um, I'm going to take our questions a little bit out of order because number six was what is their skill level? So we've got what are their goals, what previous experience they have, then skill level. And I think it goes kind of well right here, right, in this, this point because mm -hmm. all of a sudden you were asking another question that's, these are kind of like lined up next, next to each other. Well, they have some goals. We want to know what they're yeah. doing. They have experience. And then there's a skill level, and I, I'm kind of interested in what your take on what what do you what do you think we mean by skill level here? Are we talking about with if we're doing Camtasia tutorials, for instance, is it a skill level with Camtasia, skill level with video? I, so I have a lot of questions about maybe how this fits in. So because the one said uh, experience with the topic, that was our previous question. The topic to me feels more directly about, you know, in our example, we're talking about Camtasia tutorial, so Camtasia. But when we say what's their skill level, I would veer more towards the broader term of video. Um, so what are they bringing to the table from past experience with another video editor? You know, do they already understand cuts and J cuts and L cuts? And do they understand fades and transitions? Do they understand titles and how everything kind of works? Well, then their skill level even if their experience with Camtasia is very low, their skill level is high. And so those two things, you know, are going to still kind of put them in a different place in the funnel of learning. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Because actually when you said that at first, I was like, gosh, those are really similar. But uh, they, they bring something different to the table. Yeah, I completely agree. And when I think of skill level, I also think of the quality of the product that they mm -hmm. end up putting out. Like, for example, I have the Camtasia certification. I've been through the course and I know the ins and outs of the product. However, I have very little video experience in general. So while um, an experienced video creator might also have the, the Camtasia certification, I would not be able to hold a candle to what they do. So just because we have the same, the same certifications or the same experiences with a specific product, that doesn't mean that we're going to have the same skill level and the same quality of the final product. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, okay, I, Matt. Uh, oh, what? Go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say, you mentioned the Dunning-Kruger Dunning effect. I hope I got that right, where the skill level is 
overestimated by the user. And right there, we just saw Kara underestimate her own ability. And I feel like I do that too, where I underestimate my own abilities sometimes too. So I'm, I'm actually, when you mentioned that, I was kind of surprised because I was like, I feel like a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people underestimate their own abilities too. Yeah, I think you have you have both, and I, I think this is it's an in, interesting question. And I'm thinking about okay, what's my application here? How do I apply this question? Kind of lined up with these other questions. And I think one of the things that you can do, depending on your audience, right? Like we have a variety of different ways that we reach out to our customers, whether it be a blog post or in-depth tutorials, videos. We've got the you know we've got Andy the the, the show that you know, the videos you do on YouTube, which are interesting because like you don't go, you don't cover every single step, right? Like you're not going in depth, everything. We've got the visual lounge, which is like this long form content. That's very rarely about like a, it's not a tutorial. And I'm thinking about like some of the skill comes down to like, what am I going to do different if I know, you know, where Kara is at versus Andy's at? Like I might make a video for Andy that is maybe a lot faster skipping a bunch of kind of steps. For Kara, I might be making a video that's like, okay, let's, let's make sure you see where I'm clicking along the path, right? And I, I think it's it's super important. And then to understand like your previous experience doing these things, uh, that's gonna all play into like all these pieces of what I make, not only from a content perspective, but a pacing perspective, you know, how I'm designing the experience, you know, like how much information, you know, Andy, you've said a couple times, I think it's, and I think it's a super valid and I don't wanna take away from it because it's super important. Like, don't give me everything, however, if I'm trying to get you to do something and you're super experienced, maybe I can go rapid fire through a bunch of things in one video to accomplish a goal. Like maybe it's more of an, you know, like here, I want you to see everything that's new, depending on what the, yep. the purpose is. So I, I think I've been trying to wrap my head around these things and I'm, I'm, that's yeah. a great thing about the show. We just get to verbalize what we're trying to figure out. I think. <laughs> uh, but like, I'm thinking like, okay, now I'm gonna make some different decisions. If, if I know you have a different skill level and I love your example, Kara, the, the certification that you've done the certification, you know, like you could answer the questions well enough to pass it, but the, you don't have the, that practical, maybe making 100, 150 videos yet, right? You're working on it. And, and now, welcome, exactly. you are making these videos. <laughs> You're gonna learn a ton. Uh, making but I, them, I, loving them. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so it's just, it's an interesting thought to put these, these couple of questions in particular together to say like, this is going to change the way you design and make your video based on what your answers are. It's a long way to get to it, but I got there. Should we should we move on? I think we've got uh, yeah. two more questions here. We'll we'll get we'll get wrapped up. Uh, so where and how are, will they likely find or access the video is another question. Any thoughts about that one? And why it pertains to audience in particular, right? So this is yeah. how to know and find your audience. Where are they going to find the video? So this. Gosh, I'm, I'm going to think out loud here for a second as I process that, because it feels like you've got two different avenues. Is this a question of someone types it into YouTube because they're searching a very popular topic? Or is this a question of I have to take this internal training because it's required by our HR department? Um, so sometimes this may not matter. Everyone has to watch it. It's a forced audience. Um, but that matters a lot then, doesn't it? Because are you trying to bore this forced audience? Do you want to lose the contract with that company? Because if you're making this freelance and you've bored their entire work staff, then they may not come back to you. Um, so yeah, in that instance, make something a little interactive, something a little uh, entertaining. Whereas YouTube, 
oh wait, same problem. If people are typing this in and this is a problem they're hoping to solve and they've searched out your answer, you need to quickly give them uh, your your solution. Gosh, I'm trying to think how this affects knowing your audience in advance. And I know I'm just missing something really obvious in front of my face. Well, I'm thinking, Andy, that like I like your I like your thinking out loud. That's what we're, we're trying to do here because we want everyone else at home to be thinking aloud and kind of thinking about this as well. I think, again, it's about what am I going to do different to that video or, you know, in terms of like, how do I find them? Like if it's in an HR system, if I know that and if I'm, they're going to find it through that particular path, I'm going to make a different video. I'm going to make different uh, maybe production decisions in terms of what, where I produce it. Again, if we want to help you find your audience, it's going to help you know what you're doing. Like mm -hmm. we have like our internal training, right? That's going to be very different. Uh, and they're, they're going to put it in one place. They're going to help me. I, but that knowing that where they are, that they're going to watch it based on a click on an email versus yeah. going to a Google search or going to YouTube. Maybe I, I do make some different decisions about that because I know where that's going to be. I'm asking the question. I just, I don't need to necessarily answer like all the decisions, right. but I need to know where are they going to get there? How are they going to get there? I think this brings up what Kara had said earlier. This is keyword research then, depending on your audience, right? So if you are if you have to do a video that everyone's gonna watch, you don't necessarily need to worry about keyword research, um, maybe topically, but not for you know ranking in Google or for, for being indexed. But if you're worried about you know SEO and getting seen in front of a larger audience like on YouTube, then you would drop those keywords in more frequently. You would make sure to continue to uh, repeat certain phrases and words so that they're not only picked up by the audience, but by any you know bots that are scanning it from Google um, to to help you get seen. So yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Is keyword research would definitely play a larger role in one over the other. Absolutely, right. I'm thinking even from like the internal perspective. Like if you know that this video is being shared internally. I think there can be a big difference between creating a video that is going to be required and maybe even tracked if you've watched it or not, say by HR, or by um, the, the leader of your department, versus maybe you just want to share something really cool that you came across in your own research or maybe like a project share out. That might not be a required video. You can't force your colleagues to watch it. So that means that you're going to have to make it a little bit more interesting and maybe alter the way that you create engagement within the video to keep people watching it and to make sure that you get those views when they aren't going to be tracked or required. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that idea. And I think that, it, you know, it's, again, we're, we're just, these are questions to ask. And I, I love that that, you know, puts you into a frame of mind of like, what am I going to do different? How am I going to, how am I going to get people to watch this? Or if it's required, how do I keep people watching and not just yeah. zoning out doing other things? Because literally that's a <laughs> yeah. training nightmare, right? If I, I'm getting trained on, uh, you know, harassment or something like that and how not to, to do that. Like if I'm paying attention someplace else, I'm a liability. And so how do you, you know, understanding where I'm going to be at, what's my environment going to be like are super important. Uh, you know, we were joking around that I have my experience at TechSmith and I have my pharmaceutical manufacturing job experience. Okay. That really matters. Like, am, are they going to be on the shop floor? Are they in a noisy environment? Are they going to be someplace they have access? Like, is it going to be on a phone? Is it going to be on a computer? Is it going to be, mm -hmm. you know, off hours, in hours? Like all that then also starts to, to play in. Well, That's we are point. getting short on time and we still got one more question here. And I want to make sure we ask it. What related topics should they be learning? It's a, I, I, this is a great question. That is a great question. This feels like when we talk about whether you're making one short video on one topic, right? If it's adding one follower to a project in your project management software, or if you're making that, you know, course certification. Um, so that the related topics would be, 
if they've learned how to add a follower, maybe they also could learn how to, you know, add a topic or add a project or uh, add subtasks. So related to the software, this is one of those where I feel like related topics, um, they can be in YouTube, they can be suggestions, they can be end cards, they can be a playlist full of topics you want them to kind of stay, stay in line with. Um, but if it's internal training, right, this is a little more obvious because you're going to make shorter videos to kind of keep people watching again and again, uh, over and over. But um, I think the related topics is a really almost an easy one. I feel like disagree with me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's you, if you make a short video about one topic, then you've got your next topic because you're like, well, I couldn't fit this in. So this is going to be my next topic. Can, can I take a counter to that, Andy? I think it's actually for, for this purpose is a reverse. What topics are they trying to learn about that I can use to get them to this one? Because if I'm oh. trying to find my audience, right? Like, I think you're not wrong. I think that's totally like applicable, that. right? But let's, well, if, if I'm going to be learning uh, how to add an animation in Camtasia, that's the, what I want them to learn. Mm -hmm. People that are learning about other things related that might apply to animation, can I use that to get them to this animation one? Maybe they're learning adding behaviors, which is a kind of okay. a type of animation. But now it's like, hey, now I want you to learn about animations, right? So I understand where they're at what other things are trying to learn. So that way then I can use that to funnel them to my next thing. That's my yeah. kind of other take. Kara, any, any thoughts on this one? Um, I mean, I think everything Andy said was great. I just think um, about how important it is to not only at the end of your videos have like a call to action, like, hey, remember to subscribe, like check out my channel and check out these other videos. Make sure you put something at the beginning as well. So, cause a lot of people might click away when they hear that you're wrapping up at the end. So if at the beginning, before you get into your topic, you're like, hey, by the way, don't forget to do this and this, and maybe check out this video when you're done. It's a great follow-up. That's an awesome way to keep them in your content and in your funnel. Speaking of wrapping up, don't click away just yet because we got our final takes coming here in just a second. Before we do that, if you've got comments, thoughts, you can tag us on social media, especially on LinkedIn. There's Andy, there's Matt, there's Kara. Tag us or text us. Share something that you've learned from this episode. You got a point to make. We'd love to see that and make sure we can uh, understand what you're learning from our conversations. So with that said, uh, let's, you know, of course, you can always find us wherever if you're not subscribed to any of our stuff. Do that right now. Uh, but let's get to our final take because we had a lot here, but we want to wrap up. So I'll start us off today, Andy, and then Kara, you get to close us out. So first and foremost, I think make sure you're going through these questions or any other questions that you feel are most important for you to ask. Because if you don't take the time to understand who you're gonna make your video for, you're gonna make a good video probably, but it's not gonna serve the needs of that audience. And I think just honing in on that is gonna allow you to make a better, more concise video that's actually gonna reach the outcome that you want it to reach. And at the end of the day, your customer, your audience, whoever you're making it for, is gonna be more successful as well. And they're gonna be happier with that video because you made it specifically for their purpose. Andy. I think the, the concern with saying we're gonna ask seven questions is that you're afraid you may niche down too much and, and lose potential viewers. But I don't think that's the case. I think if anything, what you're gonna do is you're gonna really narrow your video's focus and broaden your audience a bit because you're gonna give them one simple solution or you know three simple solutions. So. Even if you answer one of these seven questions, you're going to be in a better place to understand your audience than if you don't put any forethought into it at all. Yeah. And Kara, you get to take us home. Thanks again. Hey, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Uh, this is great. So what is your final take for today? 
I think going off of what Andy said, like it's, I don't know if you guys experience this, but the feeling that I get when I click on a video that I feel like has been designed just for me is amazing. It makes me want to immediately subscribe to that content creator because it makes me feel like they really understand my pain points and they really want to help me. So going through this list of questions, while it might seem like you're making your audience incredibly niche and minute, that's not the case. You're just really making a solid connection with the people that it relates to. And those people are so much more likely to engage with your content. And at the end of the day, having maybe a slightly smaller amount of really engaged followers can be far better than having hundreds of thousands of extremely passive followers. That's not going to get you anywhere. Well said. Well said indeed. Well, thank you both for joining us today and everybody for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.